8.10. And our subject on today is to relive the moments when you came to know God. There comes a moment in life where you have to relive some moments. Where you have to understand what's going on in your life. And there are situations that occur in your life that cause you to relive some moments that happen in your life. How many of you enjoyed the message from last Sunday? You had a chance to really go back and look at that message. You enjoyed that message from last Sunday. It was talking really about us really being reconnected back to the Holy Spirit, being reconnected back to Jesus Christ. And, and just real quickly on, I want to encourage you that your, your relationship with Jesus has everything to do with you allowing the Holy Spirit to have full reign in your life. I had an opportunity on last Tuesday to go and see a young lady um, who's training to be an equestrian and went by to see her. And as I'm sitting there watching this young lady on a horse, in all the days of my life, I never realized that riding a horse could be difficult. I never really realized that when you watch TV, it's not the way that you really see it. But I had a chance to see it up front, and as I was sitting there, there were three different people riding three different horses. And I noticed that each of the horses had their own different personality. And each rider had to deal with the personality of that horse. And as I begin to sit there, I begin to say, okay, so which one is the Holy Spirit and which one is me? Is the Holy Spirit the horse or is the, am I the horse? Is the Holy Spirit the rider? And as I begin to sit there, he began to say, I'm the rider. You're the horse. There's so many things in our life that are out of control. There's so many things in our life that are dictated by our personality that if you don't have a trained and skillful rider that knows how to dictate and to tame and to rein in your personality, you simply just become a wild horse. And I'm watching this young lady and as she was riding her horse, it was smooth, just I'm watching the other young lady and this horse was giving her fits. She was a skillful rider, but she had a horse that she was not accustomed to riding to, riding with. And then there was just one young lady who was just like, man, this is just really difficult. And so the other young lady took her time off and then it just became two. And this horse was giving this girl fits. It would not do what she wanted it to do. I want to give you a quick secret. The Holy Spirit will never force you to do anything that you don't want to do. <laughs> God will never force you to be something that you don't want to be, even though he predestined it to happen in your life. Did y'all hear what I said? I'm sitting there watching this horse, James, and, 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 and the lady is saying, the horse hears your mind. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Stop. 
she said, she said, let them fill your mind. I'm like, fill your mind? What are you talking about? She said, the horse can feel and sense your mind. Speak to the horse mentally. Oh, my God, y'all catching this? Speak to the horse mentally. And, and, and she began to say, all right, now come up off the right hand, and the horse responds. I'm like, she said, don't hold the left hand, and the horse responds. They get to a certain point, and she says, okay, now, tell the horse to walk. They're not saying walk. It's how they're moving their hands. Come on now. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has the reins to control you, but when you won't respond, it becomes a fight. And the one young lady had a fight. I'm talking about this horse was like, and it was going. At one time, she's coming around the corner, and I thought she was going to fall. It was just out of control. And sometimes, it's not God. It's you. You're out of control. And as powerful as God is, he's never going to lose his, his temperament to go out of control with you. He's going to simply say, I can't ride this horse today. I just won't listen. I need another horse who's going to obey me. And so we finish and the young lady goes in and she's walking and she's just a teenager. And this horse is huge. And she's walking the horse in. The horse didn't respond to me. It looked at me like I was crazy, like get out of my face. She comes and the horse responds. Then I didn't know that you had to take care of the horse after you're done riding it. She took another hour just to groom the horse. Even though the storm has passed, the problem is over, you got to get back in the stall and let the Holy Spirit groom you for the next ride. Because you can't just put the horse back in because you got to wash the horse. You got to rinse it off first. Then she takes this soap and she puts it over the horse. Then she rinses it off again. Then she grabs some other stuff and she puts it on there. And as she is washing the horse, she's washing a horse. Horse is probably cleaner than me. She's washing this horse and she's picking up his leg. And, and guess what? The horse already knows that she's coming to pick up his leg. So he puts it in a position to go like this so she doesn't have to struggle. And anytime the horse gave her a struggle, she just went, stop. It came in line. She said, my horse cannot have cold water. It's got to have room temperature. It's got to be warm because that's not his personality. See, see, the Holy Spirit knows your personality. Do you know your personality? Huh. Do you know at times you can be out of control when the Holy Spirit is trying to bring you into subjection? Y'all hearing it? After she's done, I'm like, okay, she's done. She takes this little thing, and Mama's like, go, what are you doing? She's like, I got to scrape it off. She washed the horse. But because of the horse's nature, she had to scrape the salt out of his body. 
you have to scrape the salt because if you leave the salt in his body, it's going to do what? It's going to cake up in his skin and it's, it's going to cause the horse to not be what? Clean, groomed. She didn't wash it, but she had to scrape it. Then she takes it. She washes it. Then she has to give the horse time to wind down. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Daddy, like, I'm going home. I'm leaving. This is too long. But see, the Holy Spirit is never impatient when you're under his control. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is never inconvenienced that it's going to take him another six months to get you back in place. The problem is, is that you're inconvenienced because you're out of control and you won't allow him to work the reins. Are y'all hearing this? God wants you to relive some moments of when you came to know him. What are some moments when you first came to know him? Seven relivable godly moments. Number one, God is a keeper. He's the custodial garden of your life. He's a covering. He's a shelter. Psalms 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation. God wants to remind you of some relivable moments when you knew that you needed God to keep you. How many of you know that God is a keeper? Has he ever kept you from any hurt, harm, or danger? You, you, have you ever relived those moments in your life when you look back and you say, man, I should have been dead. I, I should have been jacked up right now. But God wants me to relive the moment when he became a keeper in my life. Come on, somebody say God is a keeper. Come on, say it again. He's a keeper. Come on, say he's a covering. He's my shelter. The keeper represents that he's, he's become my custodial guardian. As I begin to ask questions, I said, does this horse belong to this young lady? She said, yes, this is her horse. And she has to ride the horse every day so that the horse can remain, so that the horse can keep its retention of what he's being trained to do. The young lady said, my horse is not responding. And the trainer simply says, you haven't, you haven't rode in three days. So it's a little weak. I'm sitting there saying, wait a minute. The horse can walk. The horse can stand. But the horse learns by somebody who's riding it. I'm sitting there saying, you got to be kidding me. All of this for a horse? That if somebody's not riding the horse, it becomes weak in its value. If the Holy Spirit is not in control of your life, then your life is invaluable in the earth. Because you have nobody to instruct you and nobody to train you. you. You have no way to understand that you have a custodial guardian in your, guardian in your life. Number two, uh, uh, relivable moments that God wants you to think about. God is a provider. I remember hearing the old saints say, he'll make a way out of no way. 
When I was growing up, I would come home and well, I would leave in the morning and the refrigerator would be empty. The cupboards would be empty. But when I would come home, there would be meat and potatoes on the table. I, I don't know how God did it because daddy was not working at that time and, and we didn't have money. But God provided a way for, for, for mama to put food on the table. I, I didn't have Jordans to wear. Well, we didn't have Jordans back then. They they had uh, Fila's. They had uh, Deodor's. Um, they had the Jordache jeans. They had the Levi 505, 501s. They had British Knights. They had K-Swiss. I'm talking about when I was growing up. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I had my buddies on, the bubble toe shoes that we wear now. 35 years ago, if you wore those to school, man, you got much shade. If you wore those canvas converses to, to school 35, 40 years ago, you got laughed at. They were called bubble toe buddies. You hear what I'm saying? He, he was a provider. When, when I grew up, I had summer clothes, school clothes, Sunday clothes. That was about six outfits. <laughs> you had your summer shorts. When you got ready to go to school, you folded them up, washed them, and put them away, and that's the same summer stuff you wore every summer. Then you had your hand-me-downs that your cousins used to give you because they couldn't wear, and you wanted the hand-me-downs because they had good hand-me-downs. God provided. See, sometimes God wants to rein you in and remind you to relive the moments that he's provided in your life when you did not have it. Come on, think about it. I, I want you to relive a moment in your life where God had to simply provide for you when it was impossible for you to provide for yourself. Come on, think about it. Think, think about it. God is a provider. What is the provider? He is the resource. He's not just the source. He's the resource. He provides everything. He, he is the supplier. He's the supplier of every need in my life. He causes these things to happen in your life so that he can supply you peace, so that he can supply you comfort, so that he can supply you grace and mercy. Genesis 22, 13 and 14 says, Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Verse number 14. Abram called that place the Lord will provide. Somebody say, God is a provider. Come on, say it again. Say, God is a provider. He's a keeper. He's a provider. But then he's a trainer. Ah. When you think about it, he, he's a trainer. The, 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 the trainer represents he's the potter. He's the potter. He, he's the person that sits you down and he sits you in the chair. And as I watched this young lady, she, she was training a horse. The horse was bigger than her. The horse had its own mind. But she became the trainer. She became the potter. And, and as she walked and as she trained, and, and the lady said, you got to be able to tell the horse when to jump. But you can't jump before the horse jumps. Everybody has to jump together. Huh? 
See, God is going to train you and he, he's going to mold you and he's going to shape you into what he wants you to be. And each of you are going to go through it together. You're not going to go through by yourself. You're not going to jump over this way by yourself. You're not going to go around the corner this way by yourself. We're going to go around the corner strong. And if you're going through, I'm going to go through. If you're hurting, I'm going to hurt. If you don't understand, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to train you how to depend and how to see and how to hear and how to trust me. The, the trainer, God is the trainer. He's the sculptor. He's the coach. He's the handler. Isaiah 64 and 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. Come on, say, God is a trainer. Say, God is a keeper. He's a provider. He's a trainer. Number four, God is a teacher. He's my mentor. He's my mentor. He, he represents the education. He's an educator. He's an instructor. John 13, 13 and 14 says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so am I. Verse number 14 says, If then the Lord and teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Here it is. When you have a good teacher, you reflect what you've been taught. Come on now. When you have a great teacher in your life, you reflect what you've learned. You reflect what you've been taught. When you graduate college and you graduate school, you are a reflection of the teacher. Well, you know, except when it comes to me, I think they just, they just got me out of school. You know, I was jacked up in school. I'm the type of preacher I'm going to always talk about me because I always want you to understand that the preacher is not the perfect one. The preacher is probably the most jacked up person that you'll probably run into. That God pulled off and he saved my life, Dre. He, he saved my life when I would not allow him to be my keeper. When I would not allow him to be the provider in my life. When, when I would not allow him to train me. He gave me another opportunity. Because my daddy taught me so well, when it came time for me to turn around, I was able to reflect the teachings of my mother and my father. You might mess up in your life sometime. You might make some mistakes in your life sometime. You might fall short, but when you got a good teacher, it'll come back to you at the right time. Come on now. Somebody say it's coming back to me at the right time. The right time is today. I'm looking at it. It's going to come back at the right time. It might seem hard right now. It might seem a little testy right now. Might be a little difficult for you right now. But when it's time for you to open up your mouth and it's time for you to take the test because you're under the control of the Holy Spirit and he's riding you and he's controlling you and he's teaching you when you take the test. You might miss a couple answers, but guess what? You ain't going to fail. Come on now. Come on, say, I'm going to pass this test. He's a keeper. He's my provider. He's my trainer. 
He's my teacher. When you think about it. Number five, he's my counselor. How many of you know that God is a counselor? Many of us, when we hear the word counselor, we'd be like, I ain't crazy. I mean, I don't need to go sit and talk to nobody. Uh, you know, every time you have a conversation with God, you're saying that you're crazy. Come on now. Every time you go to God and be like, God, you know, I really don't understand all this stuff that's going on in my mind. and I, I, I know you're telling me to do all this stuff. That, that's a crazy person. You're like, you, you're telling me to step out on faith with no money and open up this business. And, and you, you, you got some crazy thoughts going through your mind. God is a counselor. He becomes your confidant. He's the person that you can talk to. And he ain't going to make you feel bad for asking the question that you might think is stupid. See, mom and them taught us, baby, when you go to God, you got to be strong. God, I love you so much and I praise you and you've been so good and you jacked up in your mind. I serve a God that I can go to him and say, enough is enough. This foolishness is getting on my nerves. You know, I, I can't keep dealing with all of this foolishness that you keep bringing before me, but I love you so much to trust you. See, that's real conversation. God's a real G. Y'all know that, right? He, he can take what's on your mind because he already foreknew what was going to be in your mind. He already had predestined what you would face. So he already knows the conversations that you might have with him. But if you can't be real with God, then how can you be real with yourself? If you can't actually go to God and say, I'm hurting today. I don't like what you're doing in my family right now. I don't, I don't like this stuff that's going on with my children right now. You, you said that if I train up my children in the way that they should go, they would not depart. And then he replies, I didn't tell you that they were going to be perfect grapes. But we want our families to be perfect. We don't want our children to go through what we went through. You got to have conversations with God about things that are happening in your life. He's your confidant. He, he's your counselor. He's a listener. He's an advisor. He's your therapist. I really want to make God so simple to you that when you leave here today, you don't have to think that God is sitting in heaven on his iPad, bringing out the iCloud. I'm never going to talk about Samsung stuff. Uh, uh, he's bringing out the iCloud, pulling it down, saying, I'm mad at them today, and I'm going to rain down fire, and I'm going to blow fire, and you're never going to live again. I'm just so angry. That's not God. You know God when he's angry because you won't be here. I'm just going to say it like that. You know when God is angry at you because everything in your life is going to be pure hell for the rest of your life. Come on now. God is so touchable. He's so relatable that you can walk up to God and be like, God, what's happening, man? What's going on, man? What's, what's with this? You straight? You chilling? I'm G today. But then they taught us Heavenly Father, we come so humbly bowed down before you. Oh, gracious God, and stop all of that. You might not know how to say that. When you wake up in the morning and your G off the street, get up and be like, yo, G, what's happening, man? What's, what's good, man? You know I got to hit this block today. I don't have no money. I need you to help me. I'm talking the real stuff now. You know, I got some stuff going on with me right now. I, I need you to help me, G. I, I need you to be with me today. You, you, come on, man. We, we got to get this thing going. 
You ain't got to wake up and be like, so humbly bow down, Lord Jesus. And oh, you're the Christ of the earth. You might not know who Christ of the earth is. You might just know him to be God that kept you from all danger last night. Stay right there until you learn some more. Don't be forced to be something that you are not. When you wake up in the morning, if all you know is, gee, man above, I just need you to be with me. Say that and live that until you learn to say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God ain't going to be mad at you that you call him G. He ain't going to be mad at you that you call him your boy. He ain't going to be. See, we grew up in that. He ain't your boy. He's my boy. He's my dude because I don't know him like you know him. I know him to keep me. When I need to be kept, when I ain't got no money in my pocket and I got to hit these streets and sell some drugs because I ain't got no job and I got a felony on my case and, and, and I can't get no job. I, I got to do something in my life. You only know him to be God. I, I, I ain't trying to hurt nobody, but I got to make this. I got to make this. I got to sell this dime. I got to get this off of me. I'm talking to somebody today, this, this real stuff here. Real stuff. Ain't no fake stuff about God. God is real. God will come down and he'll sit right next to you. Because he loves you so much. He's my counselor, my teacher, my trainer, my provider, my keeper. Then he's my protector, my defender, my shield, my refuge, my fortress. Psalm says, 121, 5 and 6, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. If you don't know anything else to pray, I want you to just learn to pray the Lord's Prayer. Father, will you keep me from all evil? You said that you would lead me not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. That's all you need to say. Don't try to be and don't try to make God something that he's not to you. Make him what he is to you. He's my keeper. He's my provider. He's my trainer. He's my counselor. Can I talk to you? He's going to advocate for you when everybody else is against you. He's going to speak well of you when everybody's laughing at you. He's going to pick you up when everybody's stumping you down. He's going to turn you around when nobody else wants to see you. He'll walk with you while you're dirty. He'll walk with you while you make mistakes. That's the type of God I serve. God walked with me until I got it right. God stayed with me until I got it right. God didn't leave me by myself. Even though I had to suffer some consequences, he stayed right there in the middle of my consequences. He stayed right there when I thought I was going to kill myself. He stayed right there and he watched me as I came up in the game. Now I got some skin in the game. It's my story. Come on, James. I got some skin in the game. I'm a straight G. That's why, I identify, that's why I like to identify with the guys on the street. 
That's why I don't care. I walk into a place where they're smoking weed, where they're drinking. I just want to shake your hand and let you know that God is the type of God that he'll come in in the middle of your smoking weed. He'll come in the middle of your cussing and he say, I love you so much. I gave you a dream and you shall live and not die. That's the type of God that we serve. Are you ready to relive the moment? He's my keeper. He's my provider. He's my trainer. He's my counselor. He's all in all. He's everything that I need, everything that I desire. Even when I can't pray for myself, he's praying for me. Even when I can't push for myself, he'll push me. He'll pick me up. He'll turn me around. He loves me so much that he'll never give up on me. But understand this, he'll put you in that stall and leave you there until you're ready for him to ride you. But he won't put you out in the pasture and let you die. Come on now. He's my protector. And then last of all, somebody say he's my shepherd. Come on, say he's my shepherd. He's my guide. What do you mean? He walks with me. You might feel alone right now. You might feel desperate right now. You might feel lost right now. I remember when I jacked up, Joy, and I remember when my life was just in shambles, and I remember when my daddy said, don't come back to this house, and I remember when my friends were laughing at me. I remember when I went on the road with a size pair of shoes, size 12. I only wore nine and a half. And I was trying to get out there on the road to sing. And I went out on the road with men at large with one shirt and two pair of pants and a size 12 shoe that I had to stick toilet tissue. See, y'all don't know really know about, can I talk to y'all? Y'all don't really know about suffering. See, see, y'all, y'all, see, back in the day, when you had your shoes too big, you would stick tissue down in the front and tissue in the back so that you could wear them. And you had to make sure that you kept a roll of toilet tissue with you because that tissue would wear down. And so I had to go in the bathroom and take the tissue out. My toes would be blistered and red because I would be balling up my toes so that the shoe wouldn't come off. And I'm walking and I'm singing and I, I'm doing all of this other stuff because I'm, I'm, I'm just out there. I'm out there. I'm out there. I'm out there. I had two pair of pants and one shirt and my boys are going to the mall Dre with bags of brand new clothes and shoes I ain't had no money and everybody laughing at me laughing at me but they made one mistake they let Gerald, they let Gerald Levert give me the microphone because all you got to do is give me a microphone and I'm going to blaze the set because I know who I am that's one thing you can't take away from me I'm going to blaze the set Took that microphone, that's the biggest mistake that they made. Start touring, got a little money, came in one day and they saw that I had clothes on. They took me and they threw me in the pool because they were jealous. Messed up my clothes. I got a little better. Because see, when you're from the hood, you know how to dress. Now to keep your swag on. Showed up to the airport one day looking good. Came from nothing to something trying to get to my dream. The next thing you know, got a call to go with R. Kelly, and I thought I was Puff Daddy. I thought I had the world, man. Had my own apartment, shopping every day. But I was so out of control because I was living my dream. 
out of my pain and not out of my destiny. So I spent all my money on clothes because that's all I ever wanted was some clothes. I didn't even buy a car, but I was looking good riding the RTA. I was comfortable until I met my girl and she's like, Nick, you got to get a car. Yeah, I'm sorry I just said that, but can we just be real sometime? Don't frown up. This is how we talk. This is how we talk. Stop it. This is how we talk. Our young people need to, need to see a preacher that can, that can just be transparent. She said, you got to get a car because I do not catch the bus. I don't know what you're thinking about. you dating me. And, you know, no, nah, we ain't doing that. But God kept me. He, he trained me because when I got married, I was a fool. I didn't know right from left. And my girl was like, I ain't your mama. You need to go back down to Huff because you done wasted my time. Two weeks in our marriage, we thought it wasn't even going to work out. But somebody say 22 years. Sometimes you got to go through some things in your life where God will leave you in the stall. I was in the stall for some time until I allowed God to put the, let, let me give it to you. She has so many harnesses on this, on this horse. I'm like, all this stuff. I thought just get on a horse and ride it. No. There's a harness to walk the horse. There's a harness to drive the horse. Until God is able to put the harness on you that leads you out of the stall, he can never ride you. <laughs> because the, the harness that he needs to ride, he has to lead you to that place of where it is. He's got to pull you out of the stall before he can put the saddle on you. Many of us want God to come in the, in the stall and, and, and put the saddle on us. No. He kill himself. You're going to hurt yourself. Let me walk you out. And let me check you out and see if you're ready for me to ride you today. He's my shepherd. He feeds me. He cares for me. Somebody say it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you. Come on, lift your hands. Say, Lord, today is a relivable moment of when I came to know you. I want to get to know you again as a counselor, as my keeper, my provider my trainer I want to get to know you as being the one who becomes my shepherd my protector I give my life to you today asking that you be God to me anybody that wants to be saved today saved you've not accepted Jesus Christ into your life you don't know that if when you leave here today, that if you die, where you're going to spend eternity, heaven or hell, you fit into that category. I want you to be bold today, and I want you to lift up your hand, and I want you to just come stand here with me. If you want to rededicate your life, you've been in a backslidden condition, you were saved, you accepted Christ into your life at some moment, but you've disconnected yourself for whatever reasons. 
you fit into that category, I want you to come and stand with me today. I, I want you to be bold. When I open my eyes, I'm expecting, anticipating that people will be standing here. You're looking for a church home and you're looking for a place where you can come and, and, and learn about Jesus Christ. You can hear the gospel. You can learn how to love your family. You can learn how to love your girl. You can learn how to be prosperous in your business and, and do business the right way. You, you, you really want to be in a place where you can feel comfortable and just be you and allow God to move in your life. You want to be under the voice and the direction of a pastor that loves you that's able to touch you and to pray with you and leaders that are able to connect with you. If you fit into that category, I want you to be standing here. When I open my eyes, come on now, y'all begin to pray. You're here today. I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I don't want you to feel like God is putting you out, but guess what? Real men and women know how to make a bold step that will cover their life and cover their generation. The, the decision that you're making on today that God is going to save you is going to change your generation. The decision that you're making to reconnect with God is going to change your life. Having a church home is going to change your life.